is everybody? Let's try that again. <laughs> Janet's ready to go. Very good. <laughs> well, welcome to Harvest Christian Fellowship and Wednesday night deep dive. Everybody in the sanctuary, everybody online, we appreciate you being here with us. So you're going to find, and I'll open us up with prayer, you're going to find Isaiah 51 in Romans chapter number 8. Isaiah 51 and Romans 8. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this good night. We thank you for these great people. We thank you for everybody online that's joined us. And uh, Lord, just uh, help me to teach tonight. Help us to comprehend this and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And make us better going out than we were coming in, Lord. In Jesus' name, we all said... Amen, amen, and amen. So, Isaiah 51, in Romans chapter number 8, we've been in the series, The Power of the Anointing. Now, I could, I could do, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about what we say, that's going to be one of the subtopics here, and, um, but I want to go a different direction. We're all well taught in the church about the power of the spoken word. Amen? Uh, just a few things that we know the Bible says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Uh, we shall live by the fruit of our lips. Anybody, anybody saying ouch yet? Um, put away from you, God says, a deceitful mouth. God hates a perverse mouth. It's, uh, the word says a fool's mouth is his ruin. Um, God says a fool's lips are a snare to his soul. Anybody want me just to stop right there and keep on going? We just, we just do that. But, uh, and we all know that. And all of us try. In fact, Bob and I talked about it today. Didn't we? I told him as, as we were talking, boy, I'm talking a lot about this tonight. And, and we all know that uh, taming the tongue is not the easiest thing to do. Amen? Amen. So um, here is something, uh, a question. If we are being careful of what we say, and I think this is probably more relevant in our day and age than anything past, but if we're being very careful on what we say, are we being just as careful on what we hear? Now watch, I want you to hear these next two statements. What we hear is ultimately going to result in what we say. Amen? And what we say, now listen to this, is going to release the anointing in every situation. Hmm? I may just, we'll quit now and go to another church tonight. <laughs> what we hear is going to result in what we say. And what we say is going to release the anointing on any given and every situation. Here's, here's what we saw last week. And we're talking tonight about releasing the anointing. The anointing is what we call, the Bible calls, the presence and the manifestation of Holy Spirit. When we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a manifestation of the Spirit. We're talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. Second, we have seen that when we receive Christ, 
we're transferred into the kingdom where the Holy Spirit is all the time. And, and we, we've, uh, this, this happens, um, we, we see some preachers, God bless them for preaching the gospel, but we see some preachers up there, they're prancing, they're dancing, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're jumping, they're doing somersaults, whatever they do. And, and they say, oh, it's because the anointing is so strong on me now. Um, I had a, a, a pastor many, many, many years ago. Um, remember the, the satellite dishes? We called them mushrooms. Remember those, Bob? Great big honking things, you know? Anyway, we had one of those, and we could get Camp Meeting USA. We got the live feed, okay? Which meant you just didn't see the show. You saw it when they were off the air, you know, because it just continued. You could see them walking around and stuff. And this one preacher was under my, uh, I had a pastor that um, he always wanted to go there, and, and he got to vacation. He went there, and uh, I'm, I'm watching it all the time because I'm hoping to see him, you know. And uh, so anyway, this, this one guy, he's preaching one night, and he stopped, and he holds the Bible up, and he said, I know the anointing is here because I can feel the fire going up and down my back. And everybody, okay? The next Sunday, our pastor come back. Right in the middle of the sermon. I know the anointing is here because I feel the fire going up and down my back. Well, here's, here's the deal. And, you know, yes, as pastor taught us, there are times where God will do a supernatural blessing, a special anointing for a special thing. But here's the truth. We live in the anointing. We have been transferred to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is anointed. Holy Spirit invades, infiltrates the, the kingdom of heaven. So Billy Graham said this one time. Uh, somebody asked him, he said, they said, um, have you ever been concerned when you do a revival that nobody will get saved? And he said, I've never had that thought. And they said, why? He said, because I'm anointed to do that. He said, so when I get up and speak, I expect hundreds of people. You see? Um, I, I never, and, and pastors the same way, we, we never get concerned when we stand up to teach that nobody's going to learn anything. Because that we're anointed to teach that. You're anointed to learn this tonight. We dwell in the anointing. So uh, the third thing we've seen so far is God created man as a speaking spirit. And he created him to release the anointing. God breathed into the man and, and he created mankind to house the anointing. So when man would speak, he would release the anointing out into this world. So the fourth thing, God would speak to the man. The man would process in his spirit the words that he heard. So when he spoke, he spoke what he knew to be the truth, and that released the anointing into this world. 
So, so watch this. Man, in the power of the anointing, would speak what had been deposited in his heart, and it would create reality into this world. In other words, after the man heard the truth, he would speak forth the truth by the anointing after processing what God had said to him. Listen to Isaiah 51, verse number 16. God says, I have put my words in your mouth and have covered you with the shadow of my hand. Now watch this, watch, watch. Remember our teaching about the hand of the Lord? Remember all that? When, when the hand of the Lord moves any time in the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament, the power of God is released, okay? Now watch what he says here. Watch what he says. I have put my words in your mouth and have covered you with the shadow of my hand. You see? To establish the heavens, to found the earth, and I say to Zion, you are my people. That word establish, I don't know which translation you're using, but it, uh, it translates into to plant the earth. God says this, I put my words in your mouth and then I put my anointing on your words so you can plant the heavens to deposit a harvest on the earth. You see how powerful that is? Glory to God. Glory to God. So, watch. Go, okay, go to Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. Have you got that? Okay. So, realizing all of this, understanding this, here's how Paul stated that the life of the Christian should be. Very familiar passage, Romans 8, verse number 19. Here's how our life should be. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. But see, if we're not free, creation isn't free. I'm convinced that there, are, there is so much cancer there is so much sickness, there is so much disease, there is so much turmoil in the world because Christians yes. are talking this stuff up. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. yeah. Um, think about, think about, think about. And if, if th this is not the time to cover your eyes and go running out of the church, okay? <laughs> Think about everything you've ever spoken since you've been saved about your life, about your family, about your job, about your country, about your health. 
And the anointing of God has been on those words to create, to plant the heavens, to harvest into the church, hmm? into the world. Look at your neighbor and say, I wish you'd change the subject. <laughs> now watch. Here's, here's where, as Christians, we need to be very aware by our design, the way God designed us, when we hear, where, if somebody said this one time, I was teaching this one time, and, and uh, <laughs> the, uh, one of the guys in the congregation, his wife told me the next week, he, uh, she said, my husband said he don't believe that stuff. Of course he doesn't. He, that's what he's been saying. Yep. <laughs> huh? Yep. Yeah, of course he doesn't believe it, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, by our design, when we hear words, because this is how we're designed to operate, our spirit automatically begins to process them the same way our stomach processes food and turns it into sustainable energy. So, what happens if you ingest poison and swallow it to your stomach what happens huh maybe for a long time yeah your stomach will process that watch and send that poison to every part of your being you see so your spirit man processes words the same way that our stomachs process food so our our pie hole <laughs> our mouth gate if we take in poison it'll spread through our whole body our whole life it'll kill us yep. our ear gates if we take in that poison are you hearing me yes. if we take in that poison our spirit man is going to process that and then we're going to send it forth into our lives and lives around us and just poison everything. Can you imagine the havoc that the children of God has created by speaking poison words by the power of Holy Spirit? Mm. We, we were built in the image, the design, the manufacturer's way of doing things we were built in the image of God now watch watch the Old Testament says um, we were built in the image of Elohim okay um, my name's Ted um, I'm also Pastor Ted I'm also Grandpa just zip it carrying on that grandpa stuff. Some, huh. I walk outside this morning. Has nothing to do with this. I walked outside this morning, right? There's a young girl, peeks her head out of a school bus and goes, Grandpa! And it sounded like Maisie. And, and she's got a track meet in Heath. That's where Jody's at tonight. And uh, uh, I went in the house. I said to Jody, I said, 
would Maisie be down here at this school, you know, gathering up? She said, I don't think so. And Shyla called a little bit after that. I said, is Maisie down here in Caldwell? She said, no, I just dropped her off in Woodsfield. Some brat kid went by in the school bus and yelled, Grandpa, and I waved at him. <laughs> My goodness. I guess they did it because it worked. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So I'm Ted, but I'm also Grandpa, so my grandkids know me in a whole different light than, than you would know me as Pastor Ted or Jody would know me as Husband Ted, on and on. Um, and now that kid knows me as Goofball Ted. So... Um, but Elohim is the creative, dominant side of God. So God said, let's create man in the dominant, creative side of me. We were designed to dominate, and we were, that's why he said, subdue the earth. And we were designed to create in the earth, you see? So God made us a receiver of words. Man would receive those words, process them internally, and then those words would come back out with the anointing under the powerful hand of God to create and dominate in this world. So God's power flowing through the man would be released into the world by the anointing through the man speaking. See, the church is under the impression that we're supposed to remain holy and pure so we can go to heaven one day. No. No. Jesus took care of the heaven thing. Amen? His holiness, his purity, his righteousness... He applied to me by faith in him. You see? We're to remain holy and pure in our, in our minds, in our spirits, so that what comes out of us would be holy and pure, you see, and would create what God wants to create on this planet. So when man became corrupted, the same power flowing to the earth, flowing from the man, would no longer come out pure. And the fall happened. You see, it's not God's power that's unavailable. It's that it became twisted. It became wicked. Do you know what uh, wicked, the Bible uses the word wicked, um, that comes from the root word that we get for wicker furniture. Yeah, twisted. Twisted. So we're building things in our life with twisted words, with wickered, you see? Um, now, now watch this. Uh, turn to Leviticus, for, hold the New Testament. We're going to go to Leviticus 14 and Luke chapter number 4, Okay. Luke chapter number four. But I want to go to Leviticus 14 first. I want to show you a few things here. <clears throat> so man was never designed, and, and here's what we do. We, we think we have to produce this power. Oh, if I could just, you know. 
you, you ask somebody to pray in a prayer meeting, the first thing they do is this. It's like you're going to pray or go to the bathroom. Which one are you going to do here? You know, it just is, you know, trying to produce something, you know. We never, we're not designed to produce the power. We're designed to produce the words. And God said, my hand of power is on your words, you see. So, um, and we're probably going to get a note about that or so. Anyway, man was never designed to produce the power. He was designed to receive God's word, store them in his heart, in his spirit, and release those words into the earth system. So to do this, now watch, watch. To do this, God had to put this, speak, and, and pastors pointed this out, that and man became a speaking spirit, you see? But to speak into this world, he had to put that speaking spirit into an earthen vessel, you see? Now, now watch this, watch. Um, here's, here's the picture of that, Jesus um, coming for our salvation. Look at Leviticus 14. We're not going to cover this whole thing. We've done it before. But look at verse number five. The priest shall give orders to slay the one bird. That's a picture of Jesus. That's another teaching. He would slay the one bird in an earthenware vessel over running water. So here's, here's picture this. Jesus says, I will go and sacrifice myself for them. And God said, okay, but the first thing we're going to have to do is put you, spirit being, in an earthen vessel. You see? Um, now, now watch, watch, watch. Um, go, go to Luke uh, chapter number four. Luke chapter four. So Jesus had to be put into an earthen vessel. Why? 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 Because only a man had the authority to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. A spirit didn't have the authority to do that. A man had to speak that out. You see? Now watch. Jesus, Jesus never said, and we act like he did sometimes, Jesus never said, Father, I hope you forgive them. Hmm. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. And he said it by the anointing. And it released forgiveness into the world. Watch, watch, watch. Luke 4, 17. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Jesus. And he opened the book and he found a place where it's written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Watch. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set free those who were oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He said... God has anointed me to say, release them, free them, forgive them. Mm. Look at, um, 
Look at uh, 1 Corinthians. Um, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. I'm going to read these quick, so you can just write them down if you want to. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Watch verse number 15. Uh, Paul says this. He says, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? And then he gives an analogy here. Shall I take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Okay, and here's where he says why. Look at verse 17. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. So if you connect these without, without the analogy in the middle, he says 15 and 17, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? And he who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. One spirit with him. So the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit, the same power that was on Jesus yes. is on us. You see? Um, um, well, why then when I said to my child, be healed in the name of Jesus, didn't it work? Because maybe 235 times prior to that, you've said, my child's probably going to get that. <laughs> yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Um, go, go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number <clears throat> 7. But we have this treasure, Holy Spirit, the anointing. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. So that, see, but I don't... Pastor, I don't think I'm good enough to do that. That's why it don't work. It don't work for me. It don't work for me. It don't work for me. What am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? Huh? Yeah, I'm creating. Now watch this. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. All we've got to do is speak it. You see? Um, go to uh, chapter number 6. Hmm. Chapter 6. And look at uh, verse 16. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I'll dwell in them. And walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We would just be so better off if we believed what we read. Amen? Um, um, go back to uh, chapter 1. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Okay, everybody look at me. And all the promises of God are what? Amen. No. No. It's never said that. It never will say that. It's true. Watch. It's never said that. Watch this. Don't you hate it when that happens? I know. It's, she really knows better. I just said, said that for their benefit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, watch this. Um, first, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. For as many as are the promises of God... 
In him they are yes. Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. All the promises of God are yes in Christ. And God gets glory by us saying amen. Yeah, amen. Next verse. Now he who establishes us with you is Christ and anointed us as God who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts, in our spirits as a pledge. See, listen to me. You think about your situation. It does not matter what the devil says about your mountain. It matters about what you say to your mountain. Hmm? Come on. Come on. Um, hold your place up in here. We're going to come back to that area. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Um, reciprocals. Reciprocal is best explained as the same thing, only different. Makes complete sense, doesn't it? The same thing, only different. Okay? So the reciprocal of light is... Mm -hmm. Huh? Darkness. Darkness. They're both the same thing, but they're opposite. So good. You see? Mm -hmm. So... What's, what's the reciprocal of salt? Pepper. I guess it is. That's what we all, you know, I don't know for sure, but that sounds good. That sounds good. They're, they're, both, they're both a flavor, uh, uh, spice, thank you. They're both a spice, but they are opposite, you see? So Adam originally operated in faith, concerning what God said. And he would speak, after processing that, he would speak the truth to creation and create. So after the fall, the reciprocal happened. And Adam kept doing the same thing he had always done. He would hear words, he would process words, and then he would speak words under the anointing. And the reciprocal of faith in God is faith in fear. Mm. You hearing what I'm saying? My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Watch. Every situation in life, God is saying this to us. Now I set before you life and death. And then what does he say? Huh? Come on, say it again. Blessing and cursing. And what's he say to do? Choose life. He wouldn't say that if we couldn't do it. 
You see, that'd be a mean father, wouldn't it? That'd be a mean God. Every situation, he said, look, I've set before you now, blessing or cursing, life or death. Choose blessing, choose life. Now watch. In every situation, there's a way of life and abundance or death and loss. That's why God says we can choose. Now here's our responsibility. Watch. The successful way won't be according to negative words from, from the enemy. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. Hmm, this is so good. Proverbs 4, verse number 20. My son, my daughter, give attention to my words. What's your spirit going to do with words? Any words. Huh? That's why a kid that hears from people all their life, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything, is going to grow up believing this. And they're going to start saying it. I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'll never amount to anything. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them. That life to those who find them is an architect's term. And it's this. It means the boundaries of what you get and the amount that you get from it. Okay? Now watch what it says. Watch what it says. For keep, keep God's words in the midst of your heart. For God's words are the boundaries of what you get and how much you get from that. And health to all your body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put a devious speech far from you. Watch this. Pastor Brent calls me up and says, I don't think we're going to prosper. I don't think we're. He picked on me Sunday, didn't he? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that wicked, evil man sitting right there. <laughs> I don't think we're going to prosper. I think I'm probably going to get sick. I think all this kind of stuff. You know what? Liar. According to the word of God, God says, put deceitful speech away from you. Don't get caught up in that, you see? Watch, 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 watch. Um, go, go, to, uh, go up to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians 4. Are you learning anything yet? Okay, Ephesians 4. Um, that's, that's why the word says this, Ephesians 4 verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth but only such a word as is good, watch, for edification according to the need of the moment. 
What is it you need at that moment? When you get the bad news, when you look at your bank account, when, you know, when all this stuff is going on in this world, what need at the moment? God is saying, but only speak a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. I, um, I was having a bad day one time. Everybody together. I know, I know. (laughs) I I had to fly from Illinois to Montana. And I I like audio books. So I got this audio book. It's a kind of a motivational thing. It's so good. It was so good. And Jody had been struggling with with something. And I knew this book would help her. And... uh, even before we got out of the airport, I'm like, oh, you got to hear this book. This thing is so good. I just finished it up, right? So she got kind of pumped up about this thing, right? I got up the next day. I'm having a bad day, John, really bad day. She had listened a little bit of that book, and she said something positive. And I opened my mouth. And she never picked that book up again. We can kill each other with stuff. The the anointing from my mouth killed that in my wife. Destroyed it. I'll never forget that. God help me that I learned from that. But I'll never forget that. Mm. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Glory to God. Mm. Okay, go, go, uh, let's, let's look at another one. Go to Luke, we got two more here. Luke, um, chapter number six, Luke six. Um, in every situation, y'all know what a situation is, don't you? Y'all ever had a situation? Okay. Look at your neighbor. There's a situation waiting to happen. Okay. Uh, in every situation, before we say a word, we need to stop and think. Watch. Number one. Have I heard God's information on this? You get some kind of, yeah, you get some kind of news. Number one, before I say a word, because this is about the power of the anointing. I'm getting ready to release the power of the anointing on what I just heard. You see? So number one, what have I heard about this situation? And if it's not good, don't say anything. Get away. Get your word. Get your user's manual. Get into a bedroom. Start praying. Now watch. Number one, have I been hearing from the correct source? And number two, according to what I just heard about this situation, I need to realize 
that the next thing I say is going to release the power of God yes. on this situation. Hmm? Yes. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus said, The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. That's the anointing that we're talking about. He brings forth that. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Listen, listen. There's a break right there, but that doesn't mean he's done talking. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And not do what I say. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I'll show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood occurred, he didn't say the flood wouldn't come. He said when it came. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when the flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is just like the man who built a house on the ground without any foundation and the torrent burst against it and immediately it just collapsed and the ruin of the house was great. I don't know how many times I've lived that scenario, Pastor. Huh? You all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it was, it, it just, it was, it was awful. What do you, and we can be preemptive on this. Um, uh, have you ever uh, got ready for a vacation? How many ever got ready for a vacation? So what do you do? Put some money away, set up the time you're going to be gone, all, all these things. We can be preemptive and look at situations in this world and say, what would I do in this situation? What has God got to say about that? And start putting these, watch, start putting these treasures away for the day that we need to spend them. See, I'm not just talking about money here, huh? Because sometimes money won't buy a healing, will it, Tabitha? But there is a treasure in heaven that can heal that. You see? And we need to, we need to store up. Uh, Jesus talks a lot about storing up these treasures. You see? Um, what do you hear and store and say about your finances? What do you hear, store, and say about your health? What do you store up what do you hear and what do you say about your future uh, last last scripture go to John uh, chapter 15 John 15 we can set up our lives for good and not evil now I want you to remember this we, we walk out of here, we're all pumped now because we heard all this stuff. We're storing this up. We're processing these words. 
and we're ready for that first thing that comes out, Diane. We're going to hit that thing right between the eyes. But Jesus did say, and when the when this torrent came, you see, sometimes we need to store up for a long time to get ready for these things, okay? But we can set up our lives for good and not for evil. We can choose life and not death. Look at John 15, um, verse number 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. That means to live, to dwell, to permeate. You see, that's, what do you, what do you know about such and such sickness? That's the only thing I know about it. It's the only thing I know about it. You know, I'm at the age my doctor wants to send me to a counselor for everything. He does. He does. I think he's getting kickback or something. I don't know. But yeah, but but I'm not going. Everything I need to know you see is in that word right there. Okay? It doesn't mean I can go be stupid. You see? It doesn't mean I can have the eighteen pieces of cake that, that I want. But okay? So watch this. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you because that's what we process is words. Then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What is it that you want in life? What is it that you're listening to? What is it you want? And what is it you're listening to? Whatever situation you're facing right now, whatever you've been hearing is the next thing you're going to say. And whatever you say is going to release the anointing with the hand of God on it. Hmm? Sometimes the best thing we can do is shut our pie hole. Hmm? Just simply shut up until if you got a hole up every moment you got for days on end, and then when you come out, Diane, you speak what you know to be the truth, and you change everything. Amen. Pastor, you got anything? Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this great class. Thank you for this church. Thank you for everybody online. Lord, we thank you for your word that always works. Lord, we thank you that in this life we can choose life. We can choose blessing and not cursing. So, Lord, help us to gather up and process all the word that we can get on the inside of us. Check us, Lord God, put a watch over our mouth that the next thing we say is the correct thing to say and not the cursing thing to say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this night. We appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen and amen and amen. You are dismissed.